two weeks ago, I reported exclusively that if the Titans were to release Bud Dupree, the Steelers would be interested. Guess what happened yesterday? Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. If you're not a subscriber to DK Pittsburgh Sports, there's a feature that we've done for all eight plus years we've been in business called Point Park University Friday Insider, in which we put together information that's it's not all the way corroborated or you can't get somebody to talk about it on the record, that kind of stuff. And it's been one of the more popular things we've done, maybe the most popular thing we've done since we've been in business. Every once in a while, you'll hit one out of the park. And um, that's what that one was. I'd gotten information about oh, a week or two before that that the Steelers were interested in getting Bud back, but I didn't have enough to go with it. And I started teasing the readers. Hey, I got something. I got something. Can't share it yet. Can't share it yet. And that, of course, always makes people mad. Eventually, it came out. And when it did, there was some cynicism, not about the reporting, just about Bud in general coming back to Pittsburgh. What's his status? How much is he going to want to be paid? And of course, above and beyond anything else, when it comes to Bud, is he going to be healthy enough? Uh, Bud's health wasn't an issue in Nashville. It was the issue. He wasn't on the field anywhere near often enough. And when he was, he was productive and occasionally dynamic. But again, it just wasn't all there. It never clicked for him with the Titans. Why is that? Well, I've heard some stuff staying in the spirit of the insider feature that the Titans really push things hard in practices. Mike Vrabel is known for that. He was doing that even during the pandemic when he wasn't allowed to do it. You might remember that the Titans were probably the most penalized, the most fined team through that whole year and a half. So I had the feeling that just because of some back and forth there between the player and the team, there wasn't about to be some magical reconciliation. And there wasn't. And that was in due also, in no small part, to Bud being owed $17 million in change for the coming season. Now, of course, all of that's out the window. And Bud's going to get paid whatever anyone wants to pay him. He's going to be a free agent. Now, I'm going to repeat, as I did for you back then, that the fit is just too good. There's nothing even to discuss, let alone debate. You want Bud back. You want Bud to pass his physicals and all kinds of other obvious qualifiers, but you want Bud back. What can you expect at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh? Respect Rigor, relevance, that's the Point Park pledge. You'll be treated with respect while being challenged and supported academically to graduate with career-ready, relevant skills. Visit pointpark.edu to learn more. The question will be the degree to which the Steelers want him back. Now, I'm going to repeat. In the original report two weeks ago, I told you the Steelers 
are very, very interested and, in fact, prepared to pursue him. And I also was told at the time about the Steelers' specific pursuits, their specific concerns. Those I am not at liberty to share, but they are really, really into it. And I'm going to share that yet again. The reasons for this should be obvious. Uh, Setting aside however much it is that Butt will end up getting paid, and bear in mind, he's now 30 years old and coming off not one, not two, but three injury-plagued seasons, including his last one in Pittsburgh, his price is going to go way, way down. So will his term. Whoever gets him isn't going to be overpaying. If any team is going to overpay, it's going to be the one that would trust him the most, and that would be Pittsburgh. In turn, if Bud's going to have any kind of tiebreakers along the way, it's going to be coming back to Pittsburgh, where he was very happy, where he was really tight with T.J. Watt, where he had an outstanding relationship and mutual trust with Mike Tomlin. And if it sounds like I'm telling you all of this with a great big uh, asterisk, into it. That's because I am. There is one. There is one. And that is if Bud were to see himself stubbornly, I might add, as needing to be a starter. I would hope and imagine that that's not the case. I would hope that there's enough common sense to understand where he is at this point in his career as an edge rusher in the National Football League. Those guys don't last forever. They don't last a whole lot longer than age 30. But I can't know that. I can't get into his head. I got to know him really well, some of you will recall. While he was here, I used to refer to him repeatedly as my man Bud. But that doesn't mean I'm equipped to get into his head in this specific situation. Here's what I do know, and I know for a fact that he knows this since he lived it. And that is that in the Steelers' defensive scheme, as long as TJ has any say at all in it, you will always see a 3-OLB rotation. That was in place while Bud was here. Even when the Steelers were at peak TJ slash Budness, there was a three-man rotation. Even though the third guy would be like Anthony Ciccolo or whatever, they still did it. Why? Primarily because TJ insists on it. TJ feels like in order to be the best player that he can be, he has to be spelled. That's not a a tap-out accusation or anything. It's impossible to argue with the results that you've gotten from TJ. He would know better than anyone what it takes to be TJ. Well, this would happen across the board. You would see three. Bud would come out. Chickalow would come in. And the beauty of a potential situation in which Bud is your third guy is that Bud not only has experience and knowledge playing both sides, but he did it in Pittsburgh. Remember, he was the one on the other side for the longest time until he transferred over to his more comfortable side from college and then became the monster performer that the Titans ended up breaking the bank for. This is too good. Too logical for either side to pass up. 
I really hope this happens. I really feel like it'll strengthen the Steelers, not just in terms of depth, but also in terms of, look, TJ's had a rough couple of years, okay? Uh, He hasn't missed anywhere near as much time as some people like to portray, but he's missed some. And when he misses, my goodness, you've seen those numbers. The Steelers are a completely different football team in the win-loss category, depending on whether or not TJ plays. This way, you at least know you have Bud and Alex Highsmith if TJ isn't playing. That's a whole lot different than shoving Malik Reed onto the football field. When we come back, J1Q. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. Today's J1Q comes from Sean, who says... Last week, DK, you took some time to talk about the Steelers' preference for younger free agents, but in seeing how many cap casualties have already happened or are forthcoming, will the team weigh those types as more preferred as well? This feels like the first year in a long time where the Steelers haven't had any comp picks. I wouldn't mix comp picks into this. I can tell you that football executives don't take those super seriously at the point of transaction. You know, they're not looking to build a roster based on comp picks. They're looking to build the best roster they can, and if the comp picks come, great. Uh, There have been a couple exceptions to that without changing the subject here over the past half decade, but there aren't many. I don't see Omar Khan, and this is in Omar's domain, changing his approach to free agents. If they can sign... A James Daniels at age 24, they're going to do it. If they can bring in uh, even someone who's closer to Mason Cole's range, and he's a couple of years older, they're going to do that. A, there's more durability, and you know you're going to get more bang for your buck. And B, look, if you really, really like them, you know, you can keep them for the next contract too and develop even more stability along the way. Bud, to me, is going to be an exception to this. Uh, Bud is, as I mentioned in the opening segment, 30 years old. And Bud is going to have some mileage on him, not least of which was the tear that we saw him have right there at midfield the last time he was in a Steelers uniform. He's going to have to show some stuff. It's going to have to be a really productive physical But let's remember that the Bears rejected Larry Ogunjobi, despite having had a contract agreement in place. The Steelers looked at Larry O and said, he seems okay to us. Maybe we can just maintain it differently. Maybe we can do things uh, in a way that allow him to manage the issue as best he can over the course of 17 games. And Larry did that for the most part. He made it through the season. And if you go back to training camp, he was managed. Well, in Bud's case, you could multiply that because you wouldn't even be using Bud as a starter. Bud would be, as I mentioned, rotating through. He would be one of three. And 
within the one of three, the two main guys are still going to be out there the most. They're still going to end up with the most snaps. Uh, You'll recall that TJ and Highsmith and Bud or whoever would always end up around 60, 65. And the Anthony Ciccolo person would end up being somewhere in the range of around 20. Maybe that's where Bud will go. Maybe they'll trust Bud more because he's Bud and he'll show to be healthy and dynamic and everything else here. I, I just take Bud and set him off to the side with any kind of discussion that you want to have like this is what I'm saying back. Okay. Uh, Bud to me is, is someone the Steelers are very right to be already pursuing. Great. Wonderful. I don't mean pursuing as in tampering. You know what I mean? They want him. Okay. They covet him back. But for the rest, you know, you can look at someone like Tremaine Edmonds in Buffalo, bearing in mind that the Bills haven't done anything with Edmonds yet, and the Bills could franchise him, at which point nobody would be able to get him. But you could look at someone like that if you're Omar and go, hey, we can sign Tremaine. Uh, you know, he's still he's still only 24 years old, and we know what his brother's made out of in terms of durability. Uh, Tremaine's been mostly durable. For the Bills, and we can say, all right, we're ready to break the bank for this guy. We're ready to have an inside linebacking core of Miles Jack and Tremaine Edmonds, okay? Because now you can see that investment carrying through for three, four, five years without looking silly. But on the other hand, and this is what you're talking about, these cap casualties, most of them are guys who are either like 32, 33 years old or older, and teams are just saying, listen, we, we still like you as a player. We just can't come close to affording your cap hit, and you didn't want to do anything to renegotiate it or whatever else here, so you're out of here. I don't see the Steelers doing that sort of thing. I really don't. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll have another one of these tomorrow. 